Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. I'm joined by Darren Crocker. Darren is six years in recovery from gambling and has since set up a gambling addiction support and awareness group. In this episode, we discuss Darren's first experiences of gambling, how it's intrinsically linked to sport, the moment when his habit began to move from just a habit into an addiction and a problem for him, seeking help and the process of recovery. We look at the misconceptions around gambling, how it's often glamorised, and also importantly, how we educate our children about gambling and try and safeguard them from falling into these type of habits. My conversation with Darren was so frank and so warm. It taught me a lot and made me really reconsider things, particularly over the last period of the Football World Cup. But rather than me telling you what it's like, why don't we get cracking and listen to this week's episode? Here we go. So let's get straight into it. Tell me a bit about yourself. Um, we're here to talk about gambling. So tell me where you're at now in relation to gambling and also, I guess, where you've been in terms of your experience of gambling. Yeah, so I'm uh, six years before I bet now. And where I've been, okay, where have I not been? <laughs> um, I've been trying to unpick this uh, recently because I think the more, you know, the more self-reflection I have, especially in my childhood, the more... I realised that probably the writing was on the wall for me that I might have had a, an issue with gambling uh, growing up. Um, you know, growing up, so my old man played football, so we used to go and watch a lot of the football the weekends and, and whatnot. And I used to look up to a lot of the boys there. So, you know, and they'd all be handing out betting slips and coupons and, and, and all the rest of it and calls and things. And I would go and hand out all the slips and take the money in and be fascinated with the, you know, spot the ball competition and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then you'd be sitting in the pub afterwards and all the lads would be looking for their, their bets coming through. And I was really, really fascinated by how it worked and what they were doing. But, you know, even at an early age, I recognised that I was a kid that was hanging about the claw machines and hanging about the bandits and, and really allured to, to that. And I've got very vivid memories of winning prizes. And, Have you? And whatnot. Yeah. And um, things were relatively fine for me because growing up, in going in the bookies, the bookies were just for putting on a bet at the weekend. You know, it's not like I was going to sit in there and put horses on all day and whatnot. It was you go in sometimes with your friends on the weekend. You get a bookie slip. You put your teams on. It was a ridiculous bet that you didn't think you were going to win. You'd be on your way. You'd sit in the pub. Your your bet inevitably doesn't come in, and uh, you scrunch it up and you you go on with your evening. Yeah. Well in control uh, until the FOBTs uh, started getting installed in the bookie. So that's your, your fixed odd betting terminals. They're your big flashy machines with slots, mm-hmm. roulette, and all the rest of it. It went from me going to the bookies once in the weekend to spending time and hours in the bookies, just piling cash after cash into the uh, How into old the would you have been then? Oh, 18, 19, something like that. But I was in the bookies well before that. But yeah. 18, 19 is when I, I really started... Um, it was becoming problematic at that time. It, it really spiraled um, over the course of a year or two where um, I would just go into the bookies, play the FOBTs, not even putting on sports bets anymore, and then I'd go home and I'd continue into the night. So that's on my laptop and then just and if anything you could possibly think of, I had countless um, gambling sites open and I'd roulette, obviously, to name my page. That's, mm-hmm. that's the one that really did the most uh, amount of damage to me. Um so I, and then 
I, I don't know where you want me to go from there. Yeah, carry on, carry on. I'm just enjoying listening to you, even though it's a tragic story. You know what I mean? I'm telling it really well. Um, and then I think the, there was a few things. I'll, I'll kind of go on to how I, yeah. how, how I got on top of things and we can maybe pick, pick something apart. But, yeah. Um, there was a day where I blew five grand online in roulette where I was putting 500 pound spins just on black or red. And I, 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 that, that was like, I'd done it before, um, but I'd never done it to that extent. Mm-hmm. And the, it was, I think a gambler's mindset is so misunderstood because it, you know it, when you get to that point, when you're over that threshold and you're, you're past that point, you're not gambling to, to win money you're gambling is a, is a need it's a necessity mm-hmm. you are just in a you've, you're in a complete funk and you've rewired your brain and all you can think of and all you can do is gamble and you will continue doing it all day every day despite the consequences and that night I, I gambled five grand and the very next morning I went down to the bank to try and close my account basically and try and rescue that money in a panic because once it's gone it's gone and mm. Actually, when you when you're you're in that moment, you you don't realise it. You, you're in a very dark place, and you, you're very numb to your emotions. And mm-hmm. then then it kind of hits you later on. It's like a wave that comes later. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the bank teller he, he says, you know, I, I can't really move your money around. You've got quite a few transactions here that are pending. He swung the screen around and had a look, and it was just a really bad reading from top to bottom mm. of, of Ben transactions, some I couldn't remember, and, you know, it was, it was quite clear that the, the thousands, that five grand really stuck out to me, and, uh, yeah, that day I went home and told told my girlfriend, and it was just the pressure, I was keeping it to myself for so long, mm. and uh, told her, and that was, uh, that was, that was the first step of moving on, yeah. So, if you don't mind me picking it apart quite quite a lot like what do you think the cycle of it is because I, I assume you get a bit of a buzz in the anticipation of doing mm-hmm. it and then because yeah I think it's very easy for people to think it's just about the money of course like winning a chunk of money is a massive thrill but I guess there's a bit bigger cycle than that is there from the moment you decide you're going to do it to doing it to then afterwards is that how it works well yeah I mean that's that's a common misconception isn't it because I think everybody starts gambling to win money. Right, to win money. Yeah. But and for a lot of people, they'll win a jackpot, or win a large amount, and they'll they'll try and chase that again. I've never won a large amount of money. I mean, um, no, not at all. I was a terrible gambler. And, <laughs> like never won a large amount of money, and um, I would. Now that I look back on it, I, I think I was my I, I see my gambling now as a form of self harm. Mm-hmm. I was trying to regulate my emotions. I was trying. Mm-hmm. It was an escapism for me, and you the, the the whole process is you're 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 absolutely right the anticipation is sometimes worth more than the win itself mm-hmm. um and you know like to give you an example for for money i would be happier a lot of the time at the end of the day if i'd lost my money and rather than winning because i would know that if i lost my money it was over it's done I, it's done i can't gamble anymore well if i, if I know i'm going to win money i'm going to put it back in the book you're sucked know exactly into it. When it's going i'm sucked back into it um so yeah, it's 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 a roller coaster of emotions. It, the nights that I'd lost big, as I said, you, you become very numb to your emotions. You don't know what to think, um, and you, you might frantically refresh the page, and you're not sure how how you've just done what you've done, and how quickly it happened, and how you even got to that point. And you try not to think about it, but it, it hits you like a ton of bricks, and you know that the next day, if you've got any money left, you're going back to it again. You, you, 
you can't make promises to yourself that you're not going to go back to gambling because you know that it, it's likely that you'll be in that place again. Um, and that's quite a dark place to be. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it, a lot of people don't talk about their gambling because there's there's a lot of stigma attached and there's also um, not a lot of people understand. No. And this is why the reason that I do what I do with the page is to offer peer support to other people. Mm to be a face of someone who's, who's been there and done that and mm. just understands the mindset. Because it's very, very complex and very difficult to articulate what a gambling addiction actually is. Yeah, it definitely is. Because the only thing I can vaguely compare it to is I don't drink, I'm two years sober. And I, I, and I it's funny you should say that as you unpick it, but as I, as I gave up, I was like, oh, I'm just giving up because alcohol doesn't agree with me. And then you learn more and you unpick your own dis- disordered behavior with it and you go okay this is bigger and more messy than I possibly realized but that I do recognize that cycle of shame of knowing before I'd done it that I didn't want to do it doing it waking up in the morning hating myself for it you know and and for me it wasn't about then doing it every day but it's repeating these constant cycles and and yeah you have to get to you have to get to a rock bottom to go Okay, yeah, this needs to stop. Absolutely, it... and, and you bring up a good point because when I started the Instagram page, it's full of sober pages. Yeah. You no, know, and then the reason I started my page is because there's not a lot of gambling no. pages at all, and there's so many similarities between mm. the, the sober pages and 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 what I'm doing, and it's been really good to connect with a lot of people on that side of things, um, because I, I I just see a massive massive amount of similarities there. And do you think that actually they often sometimes come hand in hand? Do you think was a drink or like any other substances involved when even in a casual way or not? Not for me, but for a lot, a lot of people, yes. But for me, it was always sober. I did all my big losses completely sober. Did you? I would I would drink after the fact, um, just to yeah. try and try and you know regulate whatever feelings I was trying to process. I would I would often hit the pub on my own and sit in the bar. And just uh, knock the pints back uh, afterwards, but very rarely um, would I would I gamble when I was under the influence. The interesting thing for me, and I think again a compa- comparison to alcohol, is they start off as quite communal activities, like you say. You um, you got your initial induction into into gambling, and actually, we I'm sure so many of us can relate to that. Is is doing it as a group and being in the gang and feeling part of it, and the same with alcohol, and then bit by bit my understanding of gambling is that it becomes much a lonelier and lonelier habit, you know, and, and it's falling out of doing it as a group. That is when things begin to shift. Absolutely. Yeah. That's gambling in a nutshell. And that's a lot of people's experiences. Um, that they, it started off as something, and this is, I mean, I'm not going to go off on a tangent about the gambling industry because we're going to go, I could yeah. do another, I could do another. But similar, again, they're yeah. similar, they're similar industries in that they're fueling, Oh, they're fueling, yeah, and, and they'll make it. They'll make it look like, and you'll have seen with the coverage of the Euros, everybody's having a good time, everyone's together. You know, you've got you've got uh, groups of women who are gambling together on their phones, playing bingo in their in their houses. It's just not happening. Most people that are gambling are gambling very isolated on their own, They're doing a huge amount of damage and so much damage that they're they're scared to talk and, and, mm. and they're they're so ashamed to 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 open up about exactly what's going on because, um, it's 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 so um complex but you you have to sit every single day with advertising and marketing just pushed down your throat constantly and for anyone that's in recovery from gambling that's it, it's not on and mm. there's it, something needs to be done about that going forward and there, there's bits and pieces that are happening but not quick enough uh, from no that. and and it's the 
it's the normalizing of it. You know, if, if anyone's ever worked in an office environment, and again with alcohol, but with gambling, it's like that that sweet state before the grand national, which which is a bit of bans. You know, everyone's chucked whatever money, and that is extremely problematic for some people, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's certainly back uh, once. So I had gone once for gambling, and at my work a sweepstake came round, and it uh, was for the World Cup, and. It was for a very small amount of money. You're talking, you know, 30, 40 quid for the winner. It was never about the money, but it, it triggers the it triggers right. what, what's going on in your head. The way I try and explain it to people is that, um, you know, you're, when, when you're gambling, like your brain's on fire, right? And the only way that you can sort of receive those flames back is by stopping gambling. But even when you stopped, even like I'm six years down the road here, it's still a tiny little ember that's mm-hmm. there. You've still got to be aware that that tiny little ember, if you feed the flames... It's okay. gonna, it's gonna burst again, mm. and that's exactly what happened uh, with the sweepstake. I um, got a team. I obsessed over that team, and then I wanted to put money on different teams, and then that was it. And before you know it, my whole summer of football turned into summer of football, slots, roulette, golf, and all the rest yeah. of it that was betting on. So that is difficult. So, if, for example, you love football, how do you separate that love of watching football again, particularly at the moment, but with stepping away from gambling because I imagine they've been very, very intrinsically linked for you. Well, time helps. Time helps. Um, the first few months, I tell, I tell people that you've got to actually just take a, a step back um, if you can. And, and it's so, so hard because it's everywhere you look and it's, your, it's in your social circles, it's on your telly, it's in your social media feed. Everywhere that you go is going to talk about gambling. And, and if you can, even if you're you know, a diehard football fan, you're going to have to stop watching games for a while. Really? And, yeah, take a step back and then tell you're in a position where you feel, um, I use that word loosely, feel, because a lot of people feel like they're on top of things and it hits you like a ton of bricks, you know. Um, where you feel that like you can come back and, and, and do these things, but you, you've, got to, you've got to limit your exposure, your access to money, uh, everything you've got to treat as, as one big support package for yourself. The issue with gambling is a lot of people don't even know where to start because mm-hmm. they're so mentally depleted and they, when they're at rock bottom, it's like, where do you even begin with this? Mm-hmm. I was lucky, and I, I know a word I hate, but <laughs> I use it in this sense. I was lucky that I managed to get on top of things when I did. Because mm-hmm. if I had went another six months down the line, I would have found myself in a massive amount of debt. Uh, I would have been in the credit cards. Um, my relationship probably would have been in the toilet. Um, there would have been so many things that happened to me. When I, it, the five grand I lost that night, it's a small price to pay mm-hmm. for where I am now. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad at the time I managed it. I've been struggling with this for a while because I, I have some sort of like inner guilt that things weren't so bad for me when, I've, when I speak uh. to people. All the time, um, they were in a massive amount of debt and uh, so many things. But you can't compare, you no. know. Um, but I've been battling with that for a while. But it's, um, yeah, everybody's circumstances are different. Yeah, well, there's a, I mean, I think it's, I've heard it in the context of alcohol, but it applies to any kind of addiction that, that any addiction is like a, a lift going downwards, right? And the sooner you get off that lift, the easier it is to walk up the stairs. But the problem is, as the lift goes further down, sometimes it misses floors or sometimes it speeds towards the bottom, you know, and you don't really know where you are on that upward journey. So the comparison is void because you're whoever is finds themselves in these negative habits, you're still spiraling down. It's just like, I hope that you can get off the next time. And yeah, it's so funny that you say about this because actually we emailed beforehand, didn't we, about the language around it. Mm-hmm. And just sorry to keep bringing it back to alcohol, but it's something that I've really struggled with knowing how to talk about myself, what, you know, 
do I warrant sober? Should I just say not drinking? And it, and and actually, people do get really tied up in the, the language around it, which I do understand. But all you actually can know is your own journey and why you need to stop it. You know, just because you're not at the, the the most rock bottom, you're not got yourself in terrible debt doesn't mean you weren't in a desperate place does it no absolutely and i know this that's the thing yeah, yeah. i do know this it's just um i'm connected with so many wonderful people now that have had such a hard time yeah um and it's 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 heartbreaking to know um a lot of these people that i'm very close with because I'm, I'm quite active on twitter i don't want to be active on twitter but that's where <laughs> most that's where most people are doing a lot of campaigning and trying to get things done um, so I have to kind of have my finger on the pulse and, and, and see what's going on. So that's where I get a lot of my, my contacts and a lot of the people that I'm, I'm friendly with are, are over there. Um, but I, and then on, on Instagram, it's, it's a bit of a quieter, a quieter thing. Um, yeah. But it's it's I, I get a lot of people contacting me, messaging me um, on Instagram, and it's it, it's it's good because I you know I know. I know what worked for me and mm-hmm. I know for gambling, it's, it's not, it's not a one fit all answer mm-hmm. uh, for everyone, but I know what's available. I know what helps available. Um, I, I know, I know when, uh, when someone contacts you and they know that you've been through uh, a, a similar thing, they will open up to you and they will feel a weight off their own shoulders because um, they know instantly that someone understands. Mm-hmm. Someone that they no understands. Exactly. Did you ever go to um support groups like no well this is again another reason um because uh it's not for everyone and that's a bit of a cliche to say that yeah but but it's true um you're you're expected to um and you know i'm not knocking ga by the way it works for so many people i know but um you're expected to go there and in in front of a a bunch of strangers and to, to open up and tell your story and then you're suddenly um, connected with a, a close knit group. They're they're gonna have your back through thick and thin. They, they will have your back, and that's it. That's the beauty of it. Um, I did go along once, and uh, I told my story, and um, it probably actually made me more insular because I really? wanted, yeah, I wanted to. After that, I was like, ah, you know, I've, I've just I'm quite an insular person anyway. Well, not so much these days because there's nothing, no no rock left unturned yeah. now. I've told my story, um, but yeah, I went home and realised that. There's people out there that are maybe going to want to dip their toe in the water and maybe just say hello and just tell a wee bit of their story before they're they're ready to really open up. And um, there is a there is a lack of um, peer support and one to one and, and co- co- um, coaching was a big part of, of me getting on top of gambling. That's, I can talk about that. That's mm. coaching changed my life uh, really. Um, and I'm looking into doing that now. I'd love to do some one-to-one coaching with a, with a gambling. So um, did you find a coach to support you in recovery then? It was all, it was the right place at the right time for me. I, I was going through problems at work um, because I was, I was gambling, but I'd also had issues with attention to detail. Oh, like alarm bells ringing, just things I would never see myself, but other people were seeing in me. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the type of work I was doing, you know, I've been working in social work the last 10 years, so doing all sorts of jobs and working in mental health, addictions, homelessness, all this sort of hard-hitting yeah, things. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm great at my job. I know I am, um, but probably the wrong time for me to be starting off in that career when I was going through a gambling addiction. And uh, my, my work was saying that, um, you know, we're, we're worried about you. You're a wee bit distant. You're a wee bit. They're just you're just not getting things right. They set me up with um, an appointment with a psychiatrist to to see if I had ADHD. And at that time in my life, I was very arrogant. 
very sort of against anything to do with mindfulness and mental health and all the rest of it. I was just like, what? None of that's for me. <laughs> and went along and uh, then my girlfriend came along and uh, we were sat in there for an hour. And I tried to talk circles around the psychiatrist <laughs> and uh, say, everything's under control. My work's bullshit. And, you know, they're saying this and that and the next thing. And um, he was like, yes, I'm glad I've got you in. Classic ADHD. If you want, I can start you off on medication right away. That was the first step because it was it was the first step of me taking an active interest in how my brain worked mm-hmm. and my my own mental health because no one had ever put it to me before. I'd gone through life just sort of, I am yeah. who I am. If you don't like it, you know, leave it that sort of thing. So it, it I'd never been put in the spot like that. Like that. Uh, the girl that I was working with, who I did get on well with, she says, "Oh, I'm going through a coaching qualification. Um, I can coach you for free if you like." And so I took her up on that. And then three weeks, three weeks in, I just had a breakthrough. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I, I it was like I physically felt something shift in my brain. I was like, really? oh, things make sense now. Like I get this. Like I, I get what this whole thing is. And I didn't want to talk about gambling the whole time. I was Interesting. in the coaching. Yeah, I avoided the whole thing. But then from there, I managed to kick on, um, and uh, that's when I had a loss around about that time. So the opening up uh, to my partner, getting the coaching in. ADHD medication helps, but it's not actually the medication as such. It was taking an active interest in all my brain marks. Mm-hmm. A combination of all those things, that was me taking a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, from there, I had a massive respect for, for everything mindfulness because I, I just, everything, I threw everything at the wall to see what would stick. Yeah. And uh, it all helped in, in, to, yeah. some, to some degree. So I think that's the only way through any like sticky situation. There, there is not going to be this like magic solution. But I'm always I have a few things that I I try and lean on when things get dodgy. And yeah, if all of them shift the dial a tiny bit, then then great. And hopefully they add up to a significant shift. So can you in your mind like picture coming out of the spiral, or was it quite a like a clean break and then just learning to accept that this is the forever version of, of things now. No, it wasn't a clean break at all because what I ended up doing, I mean, the, the year I gave up gambling, I probably didn't appreciate this at the time, but I was massively, massively vulnerable because what I was doing is I replaced gambling with someone else. So, and then I started hitting the charity shops and started hitting eBay in Gumtree because okay. what I was doing is I was buying yeah. stuff to sell stuff. Yeah, because I got I got a wee rush of dopamine by yeah. buying something to sell something on. I needed a, a replacement from the bookies because I would go and hit every single bookies on my high street, and to take that away, I had a massive hole that I needed I needed to, to fill a void. Um, and because you know, where I live, you've got a bookies in every corner, but you've also got a charity shop in every yeah. corner, and it kept me out the bookies. So I would go into the charity shops to buy stuff to sell to make a profit mm-hmm. and, that, and that's what I was doing but and you know and, and I say to people it's like you've got to try and have a healthy habit but it's not always that straightforward and that, no. and that easy so I was replacing one habit with that the main thing was I wasn't gambling but it took me so long to get out of this funk of just being quite erratic and being very um driven and not re- you know and like, I'm still not I, I'm still on a path going forward and I'm, I'm moving really quickly. I'm just on a different path now doing something else. Mm-hmm. So by the, by the time I was sorting, it took me months to really get on top of my mental health and, and, and whatnot and sort of grind with that. But I, I was dealing with all that as well. And um, I've still got a legacy under the spare bedroom bed there. I've got a whole box full of video games and all sorts of stuff that I need to get it up at some point i'm sure yes absolutely but it's yeah it's really um quite if you've got this kind of personality without realizing you're like 
oh yeah, I've just wiggled into something else here. And, and I thought it was the healthy habit that was saving me. And, you know, it's difficult because you because you've got to be reasonable and kind to yourself and say as long as I get some awareness and can hold things back from the point of getting problematic but it's really difficult because they can sneak up on you can't they absolutely and then throw social media into the mix so I have you know starting the page and whatnot I I never gambled on my phone it was always on my laptop thankfully I didn't have a smartphone that was good enough to gamble when I gambled um but now, now you've got your, your notifications and your shares and your likes and all the rest of it. It's a constant yeah. battle to, to find a balance between the whole thing. Yeah. Because, you know, because although I never gambled on my phone, I, I, I believe that it would probably feel a lot like having social, you know, four social media apps just yeah. pinging away in the background all day, every day. Um, so, yeah, there's a, I'm, I'm constantly, I'm, I think the difference is now I'm very self-aware. Yeah. And I, I know what my issues are and I know, um, I know how to peg things back. So, with everything that I learned um, to give up gambling, if I need to go and sort of delve into that and just do a little bit of work for me, I can. I've got the tools in my arsenal that I can go back and revisit things. That's a difference. I, I know when I'm likely to be out of control. I know what my triggers are. And I, I'm, I'm mentally strong. I can, I can pull myself back. Um, and I'm very confident in myself now. Um, whereas before, I was very sort of... Um, just, I was just like, to use a Scottish word, just desolate, just kind of, ah, well, I'm going to do this. This will probably be me. I'll probably have a problem with this and that. I'll, I'll probably never have a lot of money and ah, I'm not working my way up the career ladder. Just very sort of downing on myself. Whereas now I'm um, driven. I'm, dri- I'm driven. Yeah. And now a little advert break to talk about my book, But Why, which you can officially say is published. It's out in the world and what an emotional roller coaster the publication process has been but I'm getting feedback from you that you're finding the book useful for being able to start difficult conversations with your children whether that be about divorce or death cancer alcohol all the challenging stuff and that is exactly what I hoped the book would do I can't provide the answers for you but I do give you conversation starters and tips and insight into how to yeah how to tiptoe into those difficult chats so please do grab yourself a copy it's called but why how to answer tricky questions from your kids and have an honest conversation with yourself it's available from all good bookshops and i'll put a link in the show notes thank you very much if you can pull yourself out of these holes you begin although it's horrible to have got there you're like oh right i am actually capable of of, it's a horribly overused kind of instagram expression but like leveling up like going okay, I can give myself more closer to the life that I deserve, which is a huge respect to you for that. If there's anyone here listening who who themselves or their partners are in this place, what, what advice is there? Like, what kind of advice can you offer? Uh, I, I get a lot of messages from the, partners uh, mm-hmm. um, talking about their, their perhaps gambling. And um, it's, it's a delicate one because I, I don't want to give personal advice because someone said you know i don't want to say hey go and grab the guy out the kitchen or the girl and let's sit down and have a chat it's it's it's, it's delicate and um, the first thing I, I say when it comes to when it comes to just taking action you've got to take start with cutting off your finances or restricting your finances to gambling um, in the uk you've got gamstop um, and they will uh, self-exclude you from all the the uk registered gambling right. websites 
you're not going to see that advertised on the telly and amongst no. uh, your William Hill and your Ladbrokes. And nobody knows about it. And this is a frustrating thing for me that it's, it's that I'm trying to, to change because there needs to be a public health approach yeah. to gambling where people understand and appreciate it. It needs to sit alongside alcohol and drugs and everything else and, and be treated with the respect it deserves. It's not mm. about being weak and you know being a bad person because you gambled it's, it's not that at all and that's a that's a barrier that a lot of people have where they feel so um they, they down themselves so much and they feel so horrible about where they're at and what they've done and they can't feel that they can get away of the whole yeah. but you've got to restrict your your access to money you, you've got to self-exclude i would get your there's gambling blocking software that you can install enough in all your devices one thing that I do uh, do say is if you can do that with your partner, then that's a good thing to do. It's a wee bit of a, an accountability and you're letting someone in, you're letting mm. the person closest to you in. If you're if, if someone in your family you can trust can help you with your finances, that's always a big bonus because it takes that monkey off your back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle when it comes to payday and, and whatnot because if the, the pressure builds and they, they know they're going to gamble. So you've got to just give yourself a wee financial holiday, uh, for lack of better words, just get out there and make sure someone's looking after it for you. Give yourself a chance and give yourself some breathing space to um, just start working on things and, and don't take on too much at once. Just little, it's little small steps with gambling and, and little goals. A lot of people like to tally up their days, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. hey, sometimes it can be one day gamble free, two days, you know, and then you've got people hundreds of days, um, which is good. And, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's the main things for me. And then you can pick up the phone and uh, you can call for professional help as well. So there's there's a campaign out just now called Talk Ban Stop. That might be might be a good one for you to link to. It's um, yeah. Gamcare Gamban and Gamstop. So if you call up the National Gambling Helpline, mm-hmm. uh, they will give you free access to Gamban. I don't work for any of these places, by the no, way. No, no, it's helps. just it, it's a good it's a good signposting. Uh, they will give you free access to Gamban and uh, they will help you with your self exclusion for Gamstop. So that's three things that you can do right away would what would happen if you went to your gp for this because it's quite it's a interesting one for me because it sits aside inside every other addiction but for some yeah because it's it's a mental health issue Mm -hmm. isn't it yeah again that's something that we're working on in scotland we're trying uh, we're part of a um well i'm part of a um social care alliance forum we're trying we we get access to to people that are sort of high up in social services and, and and um health and we're trying to get a gp not this isn't my work this is a great guy called chris who's also based in edinburgh he's doing a lot of work on the gp toolkit because the reality is you you know i I recommend people to turn to their gp just to keep that conversation going in your Mm -hmm. gp surgery if you can't turn to anyone in your family right away head off to your gp but the the chances are they're not going to know what to do yeah. or what to signpost you to and they're, they're going to be like oh wow that, that is interesting i'm gonna you know, I'll, I'll need to look into that they're not going to know there needs to be a clear pathway to the treatment yeah. in place where people can go to their gp and then there's step one two three and and this is where they can start filtering mm-hmm. people through Um there's been a couple of interesting things that people send me stuff so like um mm-hmm. and i think in uh, aberdeen where i'm from as uh, a girl sent me uh, uh she was just filling out an online questionnaire her gp for i think she was maybe joining the surgery and one of the questions was um have you ever had any issues with gambling and things so now i'm trying to find out what to do with that information yeah where does it go what's 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 happening what's in the pipe work there's 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 treatment coming there's there, I'm also part of a different group that we, we question treatment providers and um, down south there's uh, there seems to be a, a disconnect between all the treatment providers and people that have had treatment the, a lot of people who have had treatment will 
you know, they'll swear by whatever works for them and mm-hmm. they'll have good experiences, which is absolutely great. The problem being that there's not enough support available and the support that is available, a lot of it's funded by the gambling industry and there's a conflict of interest there with quite a lot of stuff. And oh. yeah, so one of the big things, to, the gambling act's being reviewed at the, at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, we're looking to get a white paper on that at the end of the year. And um, there's a few big things that they're, they're looking into. Well, we're collective ways, uh, campaigners and, and people who have had... Um, gambling harm um is to have charities that are funded not by the gambling industry that would be a good place to start yeah um that's one um affordability checks often comes up um for people not gambling within their means that's mm. probably a, a tricky one um, but a lot of people would like some sort of cap on what you can actually gamble um and there, there are several other things that could help um yeah and you know, I can only suspect that it does get usually get tied up with other things. This there's off, you know, these things don't exist in isolation, like you with the ADHD or yeah, um, mental health issues, depression, anxiety. These are yeah, these tend to all come part and parcel with each other. But it's that is the fundamental problem, isn't it? If you're already in a bad place and then just thinking there is no obvious pathway to helping myself with this, and and you mentioned them earlier, but um, GA. Uh, Gamblers and what are they called? Gam- gamblers Anonymous. Yeah, that you know, that's also a good place to start. And I imagine they've got for family of of gamblers, they've got one for alcohol, which is Alanon. But or does, so, there is also Gamanon. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So because you know this is often, of course, affects the families as much as it it does the person who's in who's struggling as well. And you, you need a, it's a kind of a group effort, isn't it? To absolutely. Um, when I told my girlfriend, thankfully she's my wife now, so she's yeah, stuck with me. Yeah, um, it was like I dropping a bomb off in the house. Was because, it? Yeah, because we're. It's of all things that you could think of that could break the trust in a relationship, just to throw gambling into the mix there, where she didn't. She knew I gambled, but she doesn't know anyone. She, she um, she's German, and, and at the time in Germany, she didn't know anyone who would gamble. Gambling online, really? gambling, yeah, gambling online was just not a thing at that time. Or if it was, it was in its very, very early stages. Mm. And there, there is no bookies. You'll get them there, but you'd have to look very, very hard for yeah, them. Yeah, but here it's. Yeah, and then she thought coming to the UK, it's like, well, everybody gambles. That's what they do. It's a part of the culture. This is part of the problem, isn't it? So yeah. part of the culture, you can't go and watch a sport without putting a bet on and all the rest of the the you know the, the jargon that the gambling industry pushes on you. And uh, sorry, I'm sounding really bitter, but it's, no, it's just a fact. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in this world constantly and it's like... No, no, you know, it's, it's true. Because if we all think about even like your small local town, mm-hmm. there's always a bookies. And, absolutely. and you know, of course, I can walk past that and it, and it means nothing. But it's just like, it's absolutely bonkers when you think about it, isn't it? Of course. And then so to to tell her and tell her the problem with gambling she had, firstly, she had no idea. And secondly, um, she didn't know how to help. And mm. I didn't know how to offer her help either. Mm. And we, we saw her and she in all, I mean, she was very supportive, but she wanted, she didn't trust me because we had to, you know, we were looking to buy a house and how can I trust you with money? And you know, how can I trust you with a joint card and all the rest of things? Mm. So I'd have to sort of, um, she would check in with me from time to time and, and say, and she'd she find it very difficult to ask me the question if I'm still gambling, but I completely mm. understood why she had to ask it. Yeah. Um, and we're at the stage now where I, we're completely French, is completely in with what I'm doing and um, 
just com- completely on board and there's no secrets when it comes to this if, if i was to ever be tempted to gamble i would tell her i would tell yeah. her anyway um thankfully that's that's not happened but um yeah, it's 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 difficult. Sorry, I'm just she's she's standing outside hula hooping outside the window. <laughs> this is our, our lockdown thing that she does. She's got one of these weighted, yeah weighted hula hoops. She's on the phone walking back and forth. It's very well, whilst whilst hula hooping. Yeah, that's what she does all day. She's, she, yeah, she's got like one of those standing desks. Yeah, typing away and measure and hula hoop. Amazing. Um, Whatever gets you through this last year, and I think that sounds like a great thing to have done. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'll collect those resources as well for people either in the show notes or when i post about it because it's yeah there's two things whenever you're in rock bottom a feeling like you're alone and b feeling like there's no options and c which i think is why you're really important as well is you can't imagine the life after it can you you cannot and again as you say because we don't i think there is more light shone on other addictions and people in recovery but i think this is you're right it's a world that i certainly haven't heard or seen much about in fact when i was looking for a guest for this it's people are still very quiet about it absolutely yeah and uh, I, I think another thing to mention is when people are crippled with debt that's a constant reminder if you're if you've gambled and and you've gotten yourself in a hellish amount of debt and you're still paying that off years yeah. and years and years and you're trying to get yourself in a good mental place and you're constantly reminded that you've got this dark yeah. cloud of debt hanging over you it's it's a tough one you know but you can come out there you can it's important to say they can it's difficult again with addictions this is this is a life decision forever not to go back there but also you can move on from it in terms of you can get yourself to a place where you're at now which and, is- absolutely and look everyone that i know um who's, who's bounced back they are the most like selfless just wonderful people they give so much of their time to help others and that yeah. is just a common theme throughout where I think people they want to help too soon. That's my only thing. It's like you have to you have to really um, get someone underneath you and make sure you're in a really good place before you start opening yourself up too much. Uh, so true. Um, yeah, I promised myself if I could go two years without a bet, then I would do yeah. what I did, and that's yeah. that's where I was with it. Um, but yeah, people are dedicating their lives to to get to make positive change, and, and they can see how. Um, because they've been there, how isolating and lonely it was. So they are all willing to to offer uh, help and support to others. So I, I can't I can't stress enough how important peer support is uh, for gambling. Do you think had if you could go back and to the really young version of you? I'm, I'm I guess I'm kind of asking as a parent here how you you can try and safeguard about the next generation falling into these habits, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's very difficult. That's that's very difficult. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I feel like a dinosaur already. I'm only in my mid thirties. I went to I went to youth work training just to see if they were talking about gambling there, and they weren't. And uh, so I had to go do a wee bit of research and and see what was going on. And um, I, you know, loot boxes is a, is the one that gets a lot of attention online, where you could uh, a lot of the a lot of the kids are playing FIFA and whatnot. Did you see the documentary on Channel Four? Uh, no. With Davidson? Okay. Well, it, she highlighted it there, and I was so glad it got some the screen time. Um, you know, it used to be that you could just pop yeah FIFA or whatever game into your your PlayStation, and then off you go. Whereas now, um, there's a, there's basically it's it's the same uh, it's the same setup that you would get in slots, basically, but it's just dressed up something completely differently. So a loot box, you can go in there, and um, if you in order to progress through the game. 
and uh, you know kids want the best team because they're playing their friends mm-hmm. and whatnot um realistically you're gonna have to go and open imaginary boxes so that you don't know what's in them and spend your, your pocket money again looking for a star player to add to your team yeah and, 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 and teenagers are racking up hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth oh. of transactions on games like this and that's just a that's just the one that gets the most media attention is loot boxes mm-hmm. you start going into um you know cryptocurrencies and um uh, affiliates and, and and social media and all the rest of it uh twitch streamers is another big one where um you know you've got people just sitting and playing slots and offering you free bets and, and all the rest of it and it's just i don't even know where to start i'm actually reluctant to get get into that. Ahead too much into it because i don't even know where to start with it because it's so rife and it's so downplayed and, and if you're a parent um I don't even know where you start with it. I guess you start with you know safeguarding your own finances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say, yeah, and then and then you you have to have some honest conversations and, and try and just talk about gambling. But then the education needs to come to them so they can have these honest conversations. Um, but yeah, I, I see now there's more and more getting rolled out in school. I think it's going to be mandatory in school that they'll get taught about gambling. I think it's only a matter of time uh, mm-hmm. for that. Well, I think I mean I'm doing this thing that I always do when I because my kids I've got a um an eight-year-old and a six-year-old so they are into fifa and they are into football wow and um i've also got a three-year-old but she's not into any of that yet but i think the message i always get from anyone in these conversations is like look what your kids are doing online like have a look at it because i i could see how mine could find themselves in that and i would be pretty clueless because as you say it's masquerading as something really really innocent Mm -hmm. but it is the stepping stones to that to that feeling of the thrill so yeah it's having your eyes open to their digital stuff and also not not glamorizing it in your own home because it, again those sweepstakes are so easy just to do as a bit of fun and yeah nine times out of ten hopefully that is a, is a non-event but it could be the thing that that tips the balance couldn't it absolutely and and you'll see yourself now so if you if you come off this call today and you, you start typing in any sort of gambling literature online in google well, let's see how many ads and stuff that starts coming your way yeah. because yeah a common theme that i get was which is disgraceful that people reach out to me for support and help and then they'll get bombarded with gambling ads afterwards oh, um, the world is so messy <laughs> yeah it's the marketing and text messages and, and, and all the rest of it and, and I'd, I'd keep an eye on um YouTube and stuff as well. There's there are so many adverts and things. Yeah. They're, they're, they were trialing in America that you can um, block, completely block. They're not going to catch them all, but you can um, put a, a blanket ban on uh, alcohol and gambling advertising yeah. on YouTube in America. I think it's coming to the UK. Yeah. Um, so that's something to look out for. Yeah. And again, with anything with kids, there's two things. One, you've got to, it's role modeling. You've got to check your own behavior. And, and two, you can't wrap them up in cotton wool. So you no. can't. You've, absolutely we've just got to talk about it and, and be a bit smart because this is what's happened it's changed a lot as you say like gambling on your phone was it, not didn't exist it's a cash grab and it's fleecing vulnerable people that's all it is you can't, oh. dress, you can't dress it up any other way than that you know so it's i think 2007 the the laws got relaxed for um for gambling and then online gambling so the, the gambling act that we have in place at the moment is not fit for purpose it doesn't even cover online you see, so you, what you've gotten is you've just gotten, it's just been a slew of, of gambling uh, companies that have had it so good for so long, taking mm. so much from people. and um, But we're told to gamble responsibly and when the fun stops, stop. And you, to anyone who's had a, uh, an issue with gambling, you, you, 
it's so you don't understand how insulting that is yeah. because it just it, you cannot stop. Of course, you of course. know, it's not as easy as that. If it was just about stopping, then no one would have a problem, right? Absolutely, the absolute contradiction. Well, this has been one of those like really enlightening, slightly terrifying conversations, <laughs> but it's, but that's the way it goes. This is this is the reality, and I'm really, I well done you for being public about a thing a that you're still working through you're perpetually working through but also that that people aren't talking about that much it, it's it's really brave and we'll be changing people's lives yeah and thank you very much for having me on it's good to get a platform to, to share this and then if anyone wants to uh, can i plug my page here yeah i was about that was going to be my <laughs> next question that you're doing i was going to say where can people find you you can yeah, say they listen like um I'm open to, to have an honest chat about gambling at any time. So you, anyone can message, message me. And if, if I can't help you, I will signpost you somebody that will. Mm-hmm. I will signpost you somewhere. Um, so, uh, yeah, my page is called Rule It Out on Instagram. It's a play on words. So it's R-U-L-E underscore E-double-T-E underscore O-U-T. And I'll be linking every episode. Go check him out and, um, yeah, reach out to him. Yeah, but I'm now feeling worried that you need to safeguard yourself as well because that is a huge responsibility. No, I'm good. I've never had an issue with that at all. I could chat to people all day about it. Um, that's huh. fine. It's, 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 all the, it's all the gambling politics and stuff. That's the stuff that wears me down. Yeah, it's but... the, the state of the country and trying to get things moving forward and, and change for the better. Yeah. That's all the stuff I find exhausting. It's helping people I can do all day. Yeah, day. and that's that's the good stuff. And then two questions off, off gambling, but to tie it back to like the inspiration for this podcast. So I always say this is, is inspired by two things. Number one, one of my favorite, favorite traits in people, which is honesty. And I want to know what's your favorite trait in people and what is your best trait or the trait the trait you like most about yourself? Oh my god! Oh my god! Start answering that. What's my favorite trait in people? Um, did you say honesty? Honesty is my favorite. Is that yeah? Well, I mean, it'd be a bit of a cop up for me to say honesty now, but I do appreciate it? when I do appreciate when people are straight talking and just tell yeah. you how it is. I hate dancing around stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I like when people are transparent and honest mm-hmm. and just be themselves as much as they can. And uh, I guess on the flip side for me, it's the fact that I can see that in people now and, and actually try and see the bigger picture. Because for, for the longest of time, I because I was so wrapped up in myself, I had no appreci- appreciation for just, you know, social anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, people being uh, worried about stuff or things going on in their lives or uh, all the rest of it. And, and it was so easy to just... The way yeah. I grew up and yeah, the way I grew up and the way I would thought about life and I was very sort of closed minded about a lot of things. I think um I need to give myself credit for um working on that and, and having honest conversations with everyone and, and not yeah. just the, the people that will agree with me and, and no. that, you know, it's that's 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 a skill in itself to learn. So it is. And it's a it's a gift, but it's not easy. It's like oh yeah, I live for honest conversations, but you have to also be prepared when they come back at you with some brutal honesty about yourself and like Oh right, yeah, okay. I gotta gotta take it as well as give it out. Absolutely. So we're both big fans of honesty. And then the, my second bit is that, and I know you're gonna fall into this category too. I love a big chat. Like I love it going straight into the big chat. But I also particularly love a very certain kind of big chat. For me, that's like after a good meal with maybe like three or four people and just talking all afternoon. What is your ideal setting for a big chat? Who would it be with? And what would you be doing? What would you be eating, maybe? Oh, it depends, you see. So if it if it, it'd probably be a festival or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially now. I'm really missing just jumping around and oh, getting loose no. a wee bit. Um, 
yeah, with, with my close friends, rock music, metal music, anything like that. I'm a big kid. Some uh, all the music I listen to when I'm 14, 15, I still listen to now. Um, so yeah, that. But I also love my holidays and travel, so I've been missing a lot of that um, recently. But we've got we've we've got some very close friends here, and um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to jump in a van and get up to the west coast of Scotland in, in a few weeks. And I love I love to poke a fire. You see, when, when I'm camping, I want to feel oh. like a I want to feel like I'm useful. So I'm the fire guy. The precious I'll stand there and poke the fire for hours hours on end. So well, everyone needs a fire guy, provided you stick at your job and keep it keep it ticking over. Then... Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm I don't like camping that much. I like I do like sitting around the campfire, and that's probably a, a great place to. Yes, you're right. You're right. I'm a big fan of camping, which is lucky because we haven't got much much left these days. So we can keep. Mm. I think we can carry on camping for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll be happy. Well, they're great answers. Thank you so much for such a, a, a really educational, but also like. Yeah, you did exactly what I want people to do, which is open up and and be honest. So it's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Chloe. Cheers. It's been a pleasure. And that's that. I think I'll probably say this at the end of every episode, but it really is true. I learned a lot. I learned from Darren to check in with my own preconceived ideas of gambling. I think I had it as one thing in my head. I think I had it stereotyped with a certain type of person and now I really understand what a crippling addiction it is to have how it is something that people can find themselves involved with from such a young age and in such a casual setting whether that be family sweepstakes when you're young or down at the local sports club and in fact that intrinsic link with sport is something that really hit home to me it might sound gendered but I I really thought of a lot of my male friends and family and how sport is absolutely part of their lifeblood and and that gambling comes often hand in hand in that so in order to recover from gambling you have to pull yourself away from sport often away from your key social contacts or the way that you you relax and have fun let alone the fact that it's deeply involved in your finances as well it it's a huge and challenging thing to unpick which is why i have such respect for darren for being not only frankly very lovely but open and honest but the work he's done to turn his life around and how committed he is to helping other people do the same. So thank you, Darren, and thank you for listening. Please do rate and review and subscribe and, more importantly, join me next week. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.